This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only podcast about Brian K. Vaughn, comic book author extraordinaire. Specifically, we are focusing on his series with artist Fiona Staples, Saga. We're doing issue-by-issue breakdowns, and this podcast is hosted by me, Spencer. And me, Logan. And I think I messed up our disclaimer slightly this time. Uh, It was short. It was short. Well, I, I, I turned it into and... I'm your host instead of the only podcast hosted by me, Spencer, and you, Logan, which makes us really super unique, if I say it that way. And now we are no longer unique. We are one of all the podcasts out there. See, I I thought you were going to do your whole spiel. And then at the end, I was just going to be like, eventually, Spencer's intro will just be 35% of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It will be. So yeah, so let's a few more uh, tidbits of information. If you're new somehow, um, welcome. And if you're not, sorry, but you're just going to have to listen again. Um, What we do is we take each issue of Saga and break it down. Uh, we're spoiling the issue. This is actually issue number 12 of Saga. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in this podcast. And at the end of every episode, uh, we claim our favorite panel or page. Um, and we just kind of break it down, talk about the themes, the plot, what we liked, what we didn't like, which is very, very rare. Um, but mostly we just dive into our thoughts and compare them to our life lives like the navel gazers we are. Um, and then between breaks, which we are about to be between breaks, right? Our, our, our next break is the next podcast, correct? Yep. Basically every six issues, we take a one episode break. Yep. And what we do is we take another work of Brian K. Vaughn. So that's why we don't call it like the only podcast about Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staple because we do other stuff. It's all Brian K. Vaughn in the end. Um, and so we take a break and we do a graphic novel collection of some of his other work. Uh, so in this case, uh, we are going to do uh, Doctor Strange, The Oath, in honor of the upcoming uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I say in honor of with the assumption it's worth seeing. I hope it's good. I think it's going to be good. I mean, I, I'm a little worried now. After they what? announced the runtime, I'm a little worried. How long is it? It's I forget, but it's like the shortest Marvel movie in like five years. Oh, that's beautiful. It's perfect. Thank God. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be the best Marvel movie in five but years. I, I feel like that, that means they cut a lot of stuff out because <laughs> they've been making this movie for a while. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good thing. I think Raimi knows what he's doing, and uh, I think yeah, no, I'm I'm down for a two-hour Marvel movie. Oh my God, thank you. Um, so yes, that sounds great to me. So we'll see. You and I will face off in the uh, the Thunderdome movie dome and find out who is right in a few short weeks. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about the oath. We have the graphic novel collections. Um, you feel free to get that. You might have single issues. I have the first issue randomly. I, I, I like Brian K. Vaughn, so I guess I buy his number ones. Um, but um, but yeah, so. Uh, we're going to read that next episode but this episode we're finishing what would be the second graphic novel Uh, I'm doing the big blue collection you're reading it digitally so it's issue number 12 spoiler alert from here on out and I have an announcement Logan Um, you're pregnant you're going to try to get I love it that you tried to guess you just (laughs) didn't go what is it yes I'm pregnant Um, no this is officially the last issue of saga I ever read so, so you I, did meet Gus. I did. <laughs> you just didn't as, know it was Gus. <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I read this. And and I stick by my story that I was so, probably on wine and reading in college. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump straight, not spoil the end, but like how the fuck did you read that last page and be like, I'm not picking up another issue? <laughs> I just said I was on wine and in college. I didn't. I made a lot of bad choices online and in college so i'm really just not going to stand up for those days of my life um so i started making all my best choices post-college so um so anyway yeah so that's i i also on behalf of your wife thank you for that (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so i actually um turned the page i was like i i feel like i would have known 
like what happens next if I'm seeing this cliffhanger ending and I turn the page and kind of flip through a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I don't know none of this. And, it, and I, but I do really remember this like interaction as I'm reading and I'm like, this is all familiar. I definitely read this. Um, it's just been so long um, and so diffused in my memory. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is now we have been talking about for, uh, for I guess now 14 or so issues of this or episodes of this podcast. When, when does my, uh, spoiler uh, knowledge end and so any kind of recollection I could have had is officially done because I did not read beyond this I have a feeling because I was really into um, physical stuff and not doing anything digital that I was it was a funds issue <laughs> and I and I just somehow like was waiting for the next one and didn't get it and just sort of fell away to the wayside over time um, and that's a terrible misstep on my part because I can't wait to read issue 13. <laughs> Yeah, what a cliffhanger, man. Like, of of all of them, it might be the most, uh, like, fuck, not like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened, but definitely the most, like, I have to fucking know what happens in the next ten minutes of this episode. You know, it's so <laughs> yeah. lost. It's so, like, just... And, and here's here's the kicker for people that were re- actually reading month to month, and this might explain what happened with you issue 12 mm-hmm. was a break for them as well uh the hiatus yeah no it wasn't a long hiatus i think it was a few months um okay and because the letters column uh goes into all that we, we can talk about some of that at the end um but do we have a yeah. quiz do we have a quiz on this issue okay no i think it cool. would be next issue probably oh, okay got it yeah. got it, got it. Okay. so um but yeah, so it was a break for them. So it's quite possible that because you went months without seeing it on the stands, mm-hmm. possibly the next time you saw it, you were like, oh shit, I'm like three or four months behind and then just didn't didn't pick it up because it had been so long since you saw an issue. You thought you were behind. Yeah, I should actually look up. Now I'm, now I'm so curious. Let's see. When you muted yourself. <laughs> How in the world did I do that? <laughs> I don't so know. I think what happened, I think, so I clicked on my internet browser and I think it muted me. I think Skype muted me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so watch out for that. Sorry about that. Do you know when issue 12 of Saga came out? Um, let's see if it's in the Indicia. Uh, April 2013. So it would have been probably, because it, it's usually a few months off. If it says April, it probably came out in June. No, I know what happened. I know what happened. It's funny. I now I'm disproving the theory of wine and reading based on the year. Um, gosh, I am older than I thought. Um, so I definitely was broke. <laughs> that, was, that was the. You got married. I, I was married already, but we were super broke. I think we had just moved to Chattanooga around. So this we time. had met by this point. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, anyway, but yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, I was broke and I wasn't reading comics on a regular basis. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's, there's that, um, sad well, story. Could we do the fuck out of that mystery? <laughs> Speaking of Dr. Strange. Um, okay. You caught it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I so sometimes that, that sounded recognize like me a being quote. a dick, but I was not. I'm, I'm, I'm chronically, I'm like Biff Tannen with quotes, and so <laughs> I'm, I usually can recognize them. That's the one thing I can, I can sometimes get there if they're recent enough. And I feel like I've heard that one actually made fun of enough that <laughs> um, that it, it stuck in my my crawl. I can't wait. My my copy should be here soon. I think the Blu-ray comes out in a week or so um, of Spider-Man, and I okay, don't know why. You can watch all the bonus features. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Um, okay, let's jump into the issue. Um, I want to talk, as we usually do, about the cover. Um, I feel like we have gone into a trend of more actiony or more, um, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, not chaotic. They're, they're busier. There's more stuff going on in the covers now. We we had a trend when that shifted. We sort of pushed against it, um, and, but we loved the last cover. Um, what say you on this busy cover? I, I love it. Um the the like the bars on his face like the sword in his head is very like playing cardish suicide king mm-hmm. kind of thing um yeah you know just the the bodies it's it's great it's such a great cover and the i don't know what color that is 
um, mm-hmm. some kind of blue, but it yep. works so perfect, so perfect. Yeah, and the the bodies around him that are like this, they're sort of desaturated. Yeah, um, that's so that's so the color design on that's really good. This is yeah, this is another another that home run from uh, Fiona Staples. It's a great cover. Um, and what we've got on the cover is Prince Robot, and that's that's the he with the sword through his head, and the uh, the TV signal is out, bars on his face. I love that splash of bright primary color coming from the bottom right of the, the cover. It's really cool. Um, and then we jump into yet another opening uh, big splash, crying medic. And um, so, like, is, is the picture on his face? Go ahead. Did you notice that the first time you read it? I think there's no way I did. I feel yeah. like I would remember that now if I had like if I noticed it then. Yeah, I didn't when I was rereading now and through all my rereads, I don't know that I ever noticed it and now every time I look at the page, it's all I can see. <laughs> so like the joke is this sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's my favorite part is that it is a it is a joke. So so yeah, we've got the big wing like peacock feather wings, um, and and the soldier screaming medic as um, Prince Robot the Four is bleeding out blue blood, which I do love that he's royal in his yes, blue blood. That's so good. A lot lot of good jokes going on here, um, and explosions in the in the background, and the soldiers holding Prince Robot, um, and it on his face is uh, the, the picture of uh, someone giving the. the blowjob and uh it, this sucks it's such a funny joke i really like and it's... i definitely think it's um it's a male giving another male a blowjob right i mean it looks that way it could it's it's like it could be i guess like it's ambiguous enough but yeah like it just to me that was like another layer of like the Prince Robot may not be the, you know, straight hetero, like, person that, you know, he, you would think he should be. Um, and Well, it, as like, a robot, I also get, like, freaked out. Not freaked out. That's the wrong word completely. But I get, like, very, like, how does he have a gender? Is it programmed? Does he yeah. choose? There's some gender stuff there that I'm like, how does that work? Because, like, we see his uh, wife later on, and we've seen her before, and she's pregnant. So there's definitely, like, some biological like male female stuff going on but how does that work if he's a machine so like so yeah yeah and i like i like that yeah it's when somebody's shot and done bleed out in battle being held they might say this sucks he doesn't say it he just shows that this sucks <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's such a such a brian k vaughn thing Yes. Um, and then we get to the next page where the visual only gets more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to, to make of that. Uh, well, I know I know what to make of it, but I don't even know what to say about it. But yes, the 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 pornographic scene continues on with it. It's finishing. And so Ed Prince Robot <laughs> is almost uh, also finishing his life. But the medic uh, arrives, who is a, a little mouse creature. And um, and um so mouse creature i don't know what to say like what is it you tell I mean, me what that is no it is a mouse creature but like i mean it, it's just so horrible what happens like that poor creature man so well i think that's a that's kind of what i like about it is because it's a really cute little mouse creature and in the middle of this war and then something terrible happens. Um, but we're in a flashback. So that's a big part of it. Cause at first, when I was first reading, I was like, Oh wow. Like what has he gotten himself into? Like, what have we missed? Um, but we're actually in another flashback. Um, and, um, and so, uh, Prince robots going to get some help from, uh, the, the, the mouse medic. Um, and, um, this will kind of banter back and forth, but he's going to, uh, be helped and then we get gas and i think one of my um my favorite favorite lines are two of them it's a, the top two panels on the fourth page where the mouse says but the treaty and then uh prince robot says you know get your mask on and then the, the look and the eyebrow work even on a cute little mouse creature they didn't give me one and the despair before he explodes <laughs> Yeah, it's so like it's, when the medic uh, person runs up, like 
she tells the the other guy holding Prince Robot, like, go kill a Mooney for me, you know, uh-huh. and then goes into the spiel about why she's helping in this war effort and like and not that it makes any of it okay i don't even we don't even really know whose side we're supposed to be on and i guess that's the point um right but you know i'm helping out so i can go to college it like it's such a like a military thing like you see it in those commercials like join the military Mm -hmm. go to college like and it, it's such a very quick statement on the nature and uh, like brutality of what that could actually mean. It was just heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me, man. No, I totally agree. And it's so visceral. It's we've got the the swelling in one p- in panel, and then the next panel just total evisceration and explosion. Um, and wait, wait, am I dying? Is uh, <laughs> like I was like. Uh, I read this issue, I think, three times, and like by the second time, I was just skipping over this whole part. <laughs> like, uh. Well, so here's and here's what I like is the transition to present day is is really it's a little more direct than in other issues where it's more thematically linked, but here it's like directly linked because we've now cut to Prince Robot's face, and he's been this is what he's dreaming. We're seeing this is he dreams these memories, right? And and they're in all their detail because he is a robot, right? So there's, you know, we may have dreams. Uh, I think you didn't record it, but you had a dream about a whole new podcast concept, right? But you could only remember one little bit of part of it, and that's because that's how dreams work. But the robot has to live the death of this thing that just saved him um, in full technicolor detail in his sleep. That sucks. War, war is terrible. And this is a great example of that because, again, like you said, we don't know which side is which and if we should be on the side, but we know more and more how terrible it just is. Um, maybe this is just Brian K. Vaughn answering, is it Philip K. Dick? Do robots dream of uh-huh. electric sheep? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so this is his long time later answer. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. In fact, they they dream of robot medics who, uh, or excuse me, uh, mouse uh, medics who explode. Yeah, mm, tragic. Um, so, but he's got an incoming priority transmission from Landfall Secret Intelligence. Um, I love this dude. Like, which the, is, the the Secret Intelligence? Yeah, he is my favorite. Like, he's I don't totally say John side Constantine, character. right? I mean, yeah, so what's funny is, I like, reading this, he's only in this, like, one brief scene, and I kept thinking about, like, if this were live action, who would play this guy? Like, it would have to be, like, David Tennant or somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe Mm -hmm. the dude that plays John Constantine in uh, the Constantine show. Um, Matt, his name's Matt Ryan. I can see it. Um, I can see it. Just his, like totally irritated like uh, i can't believe i gotta call this douchebag again to find out what's going on (laughs) and he's like why are you sleeping when you should be finding alana and um and all this stuff it's just like he is just like all business and cold-blooded and where is he um he's at a party i do want to bring up something about the wings though oh yeah yeah go there i think this is the first time nobody ever explicitly states it but we've seen so many one place that you can really see that they all have different sets of wings like you see the peacock wings in the opening this dude has like like bat wings maybe yeah um and then like the battle you see uh um some that look like dragon wings, some that look like bird wings. Like it's really, it's such an interesting idea to like, Oh, they're the wings, but they don't all have the same set of wings. So yeah, it's like like, their, their, their race within the species. Like it's such a strange concept, you know? And And it's interesting because I don't know if we're going to find out that like, there's a class thing associated with the type of wings. Right. And because we see the guy dancing with um, uh, Prince Ro- or around. Is he dancing with her? The colors change. 
that's her. It's just a different color shade. But um, but the the man dancing with Prince Robot's wife has like these angelic bird wings. No, that's um, not his wife. His wife's the one in pink at the bottom, or at the panel. Oh, I, I couldn't tell. Okay, I couldn't tell if like the color was. Oh, I see, because the head shape's different. That's how I can tell. Okay, I got it. I thought it maybe it was like a shading choice on the first panel, and then she's in focus, so you can see it's pink, but it's a totally different head shape. So you you are correct. But uh, but you do see like so the dude in the top panel has birdish wings, or kind of like mm-hmm. what we think of as angel wings, I guess. Yes. And then so does the dude at the bottom. So yeah, you're right. Like, is this a class thing? Like, are are you like the angel winged people, the upperclassmen of this commun this world or whatever? So yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know if we ever get into that. I'm pretty sure we don't. I feel like I would remember it. But yeah, it is an, just an interesting small detail that like, I guess I'd never really thought about. So It's just more layers to the universe that we're in, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, okay, so we have, this is a good, I mean, this is basically a catch-up thing. We haven't seen Prince Robot in a bit. And so it's, it's a catch-up, but it's done really well because... We're also being reminded that a um, couple things here. So, so Prince Robot is in um, in the ship um, of the stock that he stole, um, and he's going after the author of a book uh, that Alana had. Um, but the stakes are he's got to do this. This guy's breathing down his neck to to finish the job and find Alana and Hazel and Marco. Um, and the stakes are that this guy is threatening to uh, kill Prince Robot's uh, wife and unborn robot child. Yeah, uh, which he does not take very well i feel like if he were standing in front of this dude considering what we've seen of prince robot he would probably just rip his wings off i agree i agree completely um but he's not there and he can't be there because of the mission so that's i get the stress seems pretty real um and and we're humanizing him with our flashback and and the idea that he can remember the stuff in detail and that's what he dreams of right it's so there's It'd be one thing if he just remembered everything, but if he's dreaming of it involuntarily, um, then it means something to him. It had an emotional effect. So now he's more humanized um, and his family's a threat, even though he is a threat to our main characters. Um, and this whole I issue. Ass- I assume that, that that's the battle that put him uh, because when we first meet him, he's coming from the battlefield. And I'm assuming yeah. that's what that is, like, because he talks about nearly losing his life and all that stuff. So I'm assuming that that was his last, like, big traumatic thing. And that sent him away from the battle back home only for him to be sent out on this mission. So, yeah, I can yeah, I can see why, like, that's the 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 thing that's always in his dreams and haunting him, because that's what sent him home. And then once he got home. Now he's doing this, so. Yeah. All right, and then the rest of the issue is basically Prince Robot's show. Um, so we're going to continue with him. Um, he gets to, what's the planet's name? Do we know Quietus. the planet's name? Quietus. So he was just, you know, it's a good place to retire. Um, he gets to Quietus, which is kind of boggy, muddy. I, I feel like that's a Brian K. Vaughn joke because this dude's an author. So, uh-huh. like, you know... When you're writing, you will try to find every possible distraction to keep you from writing until the last minute. Um, so why wouldn't he live on a place called Quietus so that there were not a lot of distractions? Um, right. But I, that's, I could just be reading into it. So. No, no, I think that's definitely it has to be an element. And, and also the you know, so we have the little the, the walrus creature. And I mean. Uh, so adorable, man. So adorable. And so, it's, so that's like a baby walrus, right? Essentially, in visual, yeah. at least, or, or maybe a, a sea, sea lion. Sea so, because he doesn't have tusks, that he's sea lion. walking a walrus. I called him okay. a, wal- a baby wal- or a miniature walrus last episode, but yeah, he doesn't have sea tusks. Lion. So, yeah, it could be yeah. sea lion. So, so he's walking his walrus. <laughs> I mean, it's very- it's like. 
like these little little outfit with the suspenders and like it's just like fuck baby yoda man pick them up put them in your pocket (laughs) yeah (laughs) in 12 issues this is the cutest thing they've created And so, so Prince Robot uh, lands and um, and immediately so authoritative and <laughs> douchey, which way to the author? Um, and I and I do like how the sea lion is like, like, uh, no, he doesn't like visitors unless they're lady folk with bottles. Did you bring a bottles? Like, what's the that, bottle about? Well, it's because he's a he's an alcoholic, quiet writer. That's like okay. that's to me. I'm like, this is he is Hemingway. That's like. That's more writer joke to me. That's what I took from it. So quietest for the gotcha. quiet place to write, and he's an alcoholic because that's what writers are, right? I mean, not well. Maybe that's why I'm not a famous writer. I'm not an alcoholic. You can unlock your inner tragedy and put oh, it on your paper. <laughs> you got to quit drinking so much sangria. Get to the hard stuff. <laughs> um. All right, so he's in the old lighthouse, um, which I love the visual of the lighthouse and the haze and the boggy, like, Martian style. I like all that stuff. I think that's really cool. Um, for a planet I don't know that we see a ton of, because, I, I, again, I've only – this is it for me on the, in terms of saga at all. But, like, it seems, it's a great impression of, like, if planets in this world are like Star Wars, where, like, Dagobah's the swamp planet and Tatooine and Jakku are the desert planets and that sort of thing, um, this feels like this is the bog planet, and I like it. I want to see more lighthouses on the bog in Fiona Staples' art. It would be interesting if the whole planet was just, like, everything was a lighthouse. Like, what a, that would such a weird concept. Because a lighthouse is such a, like, a purposeful living quarter. <laughs> like, why would you need all those lighthouses? Right. But it would just um, look so fun. It w- it's just it's just because it's so foggy, so you can see to where your neighbor is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so okay, so we we're leaving um, our little sea lion friend, um, and we're getting to the door of the lighthouse. Um, and look, he's got a drink in his hand. Told you. Um, and uh, there's a knock at the door, and he's a crotchety old hold your horses kind of guy. Um, and the first thing he says is, "You're here about the book." Um, and so we've met our author. Um, uh, Oswald Heist. He's got one eye and a great big bushy beard, and I think he's a really cool looking guy. I like his sweater. I want his sweater. Yeah, it's it's such a simply designed character, but so like immediately you just want to be in a room with this dude and mm-hmm. listen to him tell his stories. And the so. eye, there's only one eyebrow to work with here, and she still does amazing work. <laughs> Sorry, I just did the eyebrow work in this book. It's phenomenal. I um, mean, it, every yeah, every single time. It's always her facial stuff is so so good. Um, it, it if makes, we ever had a, if we ever had a reason to do merch, the eyebrow stuff would be one of our stickers. That's what it would say. <laughs> um, I would love to ask her about like because she's so good at those facial expressions. Is it more difficult with Prince Robot? Because he, like, he doesn't have facial expressions. He just has, like, screen stuff. Body language. And And screen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and body language. Like, she does so much with faces. Like, is it more difficult? But, I mean, probably not. Because we still, we can read Prince Robot just as well as everybody else. So, um, to that point. Were you getting um, Christoph Waltz in um, uh, what was Hans? What was his character's name? Wanda. Yes. Vibes. Yeah. No, I said I was not until you said it, and I'm like, holy cow! Yep, the whole thing. Totally. Um, I mean, it is maybe one of the best scenes Tarantino has ever constructed. Um, at the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, when uh, Christoph Waltz is looking for the uh, Jewish people and interrogating those folks in their home. Like it is, it's masterful. Like it's so well acted and just the way it's constructed and so tense to be able to do that in a format, a visual format, but like there's no, it's not moving pictures. Like 
no there's no dialogue there's no music to like get your heart like in the right place and like get you on edge there's none of that and it still all fucking works <laughs> like i know what's going on like you i know you may not have remembered that they were already there but i knew that and i'm the whole time i'm just like i know what happens next but i'm on the edge of my fucking seat because i know they're upstairs <laughs> yeah no i immediately remembered and was like not not that they were there but i remembered he like the author knows what's up I, that's all I really was sure of. I know he knows what's up. Because um, it starts off with this whole like thing about like you're here for an autograph and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and how there used to be like lines of people for him, but now they're not here. And then Prince Robot asks the question about being visited from someone from the Moon Wreath. And then you get, what's this all about? Um, and the nice, uh, one of the best things about, not one of the best, but a great thing about comic books is that you don't have to have a bad performance, right? Bad art would betray the performance. But like in that moment, you're like, I'm buying that Prince Robot is buying whatever he's saying because the art makes it look like, like, look at his eyebrow. It sort of kind of triangulates. Like, he's like, huh? Like, he's like a furrowed brow. And and he's like, what's this all about? And it doesn't seem too much. It doesn't seem cheesy. I'm like, oh, I think maybe um, he's selling this. And so they they have this kind of back and forth of, I think they might be here because they've read your book. Um, and we're going to like start digging into it. Um, what do you think about the conversation um, about my book was just written for a check, not to have a message and the the Prince robot saying, but clearly it's been interpreted a different way? Um, I, I think it's an interesting way to talk about art within art, um, mm -hmm. you know. A lot of times when you do something like your intent is different from what they take from it. You know, art is all about how, you know, the I hate to say consumer, but really the consumer yeah. interprets it, not necessarily how the creator intended it. Like, it, it, yeah. you know, it, it's this the fascinating discussion and the it, this military man and this author are having it in the pages of a comic book without actually having that discussion and it's i mean we praise these two people so much in this podcast but like it's just such a masterful way to bring that conversation up without being a total like douche about it like yeah, you know it's it's so pretentious, but to do it in a non-pretentious way, it's just it's so good. No, I, I totally agree. I think that it's funny we just not we there was a controversy recently about, and I say con Twitter controversy, so not even really a controversy that uh, with the movie Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Did you know about any of the stuff that happened? I know that there was even more, a uh, little bit more backlash on him with his. Like, I don't I don't know what you call the casting choices he makes, but it's not necessarily whitewashing, but it's yeah. not, you know. So the big thing with this is there's a scene where a white man uses a very racist, like, uh, Asian voice to speak for his to his wife and for his wife. Um, who is uh, who is Asian, and it's very stereotypical, and 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 in terms of like stereotypically a white mocking voice, um, not stereotypical of anybody's actual voice. It's just like stereotypical of that sort of mocking, and it got there's a lot of backlash from uh, immediately from Asian critics, um, Asian American critics that I read at least. I don't know probably others, but but the ones I read Asian American and they they said like, why would you do this? Like you've ba basically you have this movie we really liked and in the middle of it is this terrible caricature and people are laughing thinking the joke is the voice, not that this guy is that dumb to use that voice. Like that's like people are not getting the joke. Why would you do that? And Paul Thomas Anderson gets asked about it and he basically is like, like, I, did, I, I don't know. And he kind of shrugged it off. But I think the answer is right here in this simple dialogue of going like, my intention was to make fun of the white guy. And it seems to have not worked. My intention was this, but it seems to be working in a way that I did not intend. And and I think if he had said something like that, it would have helped a lot for some of that tension. But, um, but I think that's what 
we're talking about is that sort of the artist makes a thing and may have his own intention, but it doesn't matter once it's in the hand of the masses and what they do with it then has more power than the intention. Um, and so Prince Robot is making that case, right? And and he is skirting that case. And I, and I think it's really, really well done. It's a really good attempt at skirting that because he clearly like, at this point you're like, okay, yeah, the jig is up. Um, and he definitely intended this to be some sort of anti-war uh, book, but he's got a good argument as to why, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I didn't like, it's a, it's a, it's a good argument to say, I didn't intend that. Um, and it, and you're like, he could get away with it right now. That's sort of my whole point is it's a, it's a very good argument about real things that happen with the art and it could work in that moment. I, I thought it would at least. Yeah. Um, um so I, I'm going to say the first probably, well, second and third, cause there was that one cover we didn't like negative things towards this book <clears throat> prince um you know they're they're ending their conversation it seems like he, like you're saying it seems like he's convinced prince robot like hey, if i see him i'll i'll contact you you know my my boy fought for you guys um you know totally on your side have a good day and then he prince robot asks about his son because uh, he mm-hmm. mentioned his son had passed away and he said, you know, what battle did your son die in? And he's like, um, I, I didn't. Or what, what battle did you say? He says, I, I didn't say. And yeah, Prince Robot does, that's where he does this turn. And we get this like swirly face mm-hmm. in his monitor. He's like, go on. I don't think that works. It's the only thing that doesn't work. Because you you have to read your own tone into that. And if you're not in that place, if you're not, if you think all of this is 100% working and not that Prince Robot still has his doubts, mm-hmm. you're going to read that wrong. How so? How would you read it? Um, like, it, it just doesn't, it seems like such a, a switch without any any calls like why would him saying oh i didn't say what battle my son died in like you need you don't necessarily need prince robot's tone you need heist's tone right i because see i see what you're saying <clears throat> it would be the way he said i didn't say what battle he died in like that kind of contempt in his voice mm-hmm. and you don't know to bring that when you're reading it the first time it, okay, my look opinion at that eyebrow look at that eyebrow yeah and <laughs> so no i see what you're saying i think i think that um, but is that I, sad eyebrow or angry eyebrow it's in downcast. hindsight i know it's angry <laughs> i think it's I, yeah yeah no i i i agree with you i i can see what you're saying i this is one of those times where uh, i love it that we're on different pages it worked for me but i think it worked for me because like i'm a i'm a chump <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this like i'm rolling with it and i know what's going on but I, now looking at it i'm like What I'm now thinking twice about is just the swirl in general, because that is the. uh, It's such a a sinister thing so immediately. (laughs) Yes. And what he seems to have on the screen are big, huge emotions or what show there. And and like is why is the sun not be like why is that the thing that gives a big huge involuntary reaction of this swirl right and so so i think that making the shift to being ominous it's very good like you're telling us what's happening um but i do wonder if a big black blank screen looking down at him would be just as ominous um but yeah. more effective if that makes sense so now so i'm not so much i still think the eyebrow work is top notch and I'm, I'm all with that panel if i didn't um but now i'm very now i'm I'm not as on board with the swirl, which I had honestly just not thought much about because I'm a sucker and I just rolled with it. Um, but but when you say that, I'm like, no, nah, I don't buy the swirl because I feel like he's he came here for this, this like a clue, a lead. That's what he wanted. He would not have an involuntary reaction to getting exactly what he thought he was going to get. Does that make sense? Yeah. OK, so I think we're you've you swayed me to a degree on 50 percent of those two panels. Well, there's going to be another one coming up. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, <laughs> um, which one? Um, so things go south. Oh, farther on. Pretty quickly. Yep. 
<laughs> Heist draws a pistol on Prince Robot after, you know, basically telling him, you know, my son died in the war. Uh, this is all, you know, it's all such bullshit, um, mm. you know, and, and like kind of mocking him with the like, I bet you piss yourself when you sleep or or that comes after the fact, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and draws down on him and Prince Robot's like, you know, did you just draw down on an active duty soldier? And, you know, he, he does his like, I pay my taxes. I know my rights, which is like something that a dude drawing down on <laughs> somebody would scream. So, um, yeah. And then Prince Robot does his like arm cannon thing and shoots him in the leg, except in the yeah. top panel, they are, I don't know, four feet apart. And then the panel where he shoots him in the leg, it looks like they're about eight feet apart. Nah, that's perspective. And the rug could be four feet wide totally. What's he got? Like an eight? Like, I don't think he's got an eight foot wide circular rug. I think that's just perspective. Because the, the image, we're right at the um, the foreground is the knee getting blasted. And yeah. I, think it's just, I think it's just perspective. Now, if you don't like it, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But I think it's just perspective. I agree that it's needed perspective. Like, that distance mm -hmm. is needed for you to see all of the action. But, like, right. they look so close together, literally, at the top of that page. <laughs> so, and it's a very comic book thing. But yeah. this is such a, like, a visual story, and, like, everything always worked so well. It jarred me for whatever reason. I was like, they were just, like, literally standing almost nose to nose, and now they're, like, the, ten feet apart. <laughs> the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards wins out in the competition between that and issue 12, is what you're saying. Uh yeah yeah. I'm just sure. joking. I'm being flip. I'm being flip. <laughs> I mean, um, that movie, uh, it, uh, a lot of Tarantino fans. Or... Yeah, Tarantino fans would probably argue. Like big time fans would probably argue with me. But when Brad Pitt, like at the end, he what does he say? I think this is my masterpiece. I feel uh -huh. like that's Tarantino saying that, and I 100% agree with him. So no, I think it's absolutely. Uh, as objective as you can get in a subjective review, I think it's 100% his best film. Um, and, I, and I've and i loved him since Reservoir Dogs and have a deep affection for his movies, but I think it is his best. Um, I agree. Um, but pound for pound scenes and performances. This is not a Tarantino podcast, though. But this issue is a very Tarantino tension building um, issue. I actually did like a whole YouTube video that includes his trope of the, the tense uh, conversation scene and like this is that whole issue so it's uh, i like this thinking about both of them together right now which again um, is such a it, it is a very difficult thing to do in a comic book like it, yeah it's just it's damn near impossible so pulling it off even with my two very minor complaints like yeah. it's a fucking miracle of an issue yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So we, we get them, you know, Heist is down um, and um, it's a prop gun. It was just he was just trying to get him out of there. Um, <laughs> Clearly, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, it's, a, oh, it's like an orange gun with a yellow. Yeah, immediately. Yellow I was like, yeah, of course, it's, it's not a laser gun. It's just a prop <laughs> gun. That makes sense. Um, and so he so he asked, I, I like how robot is like 100 percent in on you are an activist, basically, with your with your writing. I want you to take your real weapon, pulls out his pen out of his pocket, hands it to him and stab me in the neck. He's got a, a kind of a funky wiring thing in his neck. And if you if you do it, um, then then you live. And if you don't, um, I'll uh, I like the I'll expand the next my next shot. Uh, expands your mind. I like that a lot um, because he knows at this point, robot knows that you are an activist, but your your platform is pacifism. That's that's it. That's it for you. You're not going to do this. He is saying, I know you, Heist. I've got you. I've got your number. You do not have any power over me, even when you have power in your hand. You do not have power. Um, and he tosses the pen. He's given up and he says, you have no idea. Uh, do you heist does and i really like i like i always for whatever reason like the plea of humanity in these moments in any movie book tv show it sort of always works for me how many people um 
die. This is when the piss yourself sometimes when you dream about it yeah. thing. And when we just saw him dreaming early in the issue. So it's not even a lot of times this happens in a vacuum where we don't know much about the villain. Right. Um, or not enough to have any like human context. But we just saw him having this this horrible dream nightmare about his uh, his his memory uh, of being at war. And and it is. Uh, and in that moment, something we skipped over too is uh, Prince Robot says to the mouse medic, like, maybe you'll be immune to the spell. Like, he is immediately trying to, like, be not, like, cold at all to, to try to comfort and provide hope before the mouse dies. So, like, this is a bad memory. And I think that's illustrated in that line. I should have mentioned that earlier. I think that proves that robot, like, this is a bad thing for him, not just a cold memory of war, um, because he had a human reaction. Um, and, uh, and, he, and he's anyway, so they're there. So as he's making his plea of you bet you piss yourself and you don't know how many people die or kill themselves and like you just don't get it. Robot gets part of it. He gets some of it, but he's got a mission to do, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the the pen. I love the pen thing. The like, he's like, yeah. you know, it's a toy gun. He's like, no, take your real weapon. Stab me with that. Like, it's so Shakespearean, man. So dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I I agree. Um, and I do love the uh, if you kill me, it'll only boost my sales. Yeah, um, I thought that was good. Um, let's see. So then so what we have is the, the conclusion is um, Prince Robot says, oh, or if uh, if they're not here, they will be. Um, and I will I'll just uh, wait for him. So he pulls up a chair, literally sits down um, and, and says, um quotes from the book never worry what other people think of you because no one ever thinks of you that's such um, a good line man it really is from, from just a few issues ago we were kind of like being like this book is comically like about nothing and then there's this great line in it um so i like that um and then who who's whose narration do we see scrawled next to him but yeah. hazel's um prince robot the four was almost the fourth was almost always right but he was dead wrong about my family coming to quiet us anytime soon. We turn the page and we have got the family. We'd already been there a week upstairs, ready for action. Um, Marco covering <laughs> so, Hazel's mouth. It's just the awesome. women ready to draw down, man. Axe and pistol in hand. Like it's such a good page. So good. So, so good. Um, so, yeah, so it was a great cliffhanger. I cannot believe um, that we have to wait two weeks, and I will because I always try to read it closer to when we talk. Um, but, like, holy cow, he's there, they're there. The, the, the tension is pretty freaking high, um, and it's only issue 12. I know we have many more issues to go, but anything could happen. I like I have no guarantee that, that anybody walks out of that except for Hazel, right? Um, and so it's just, and I guess Isabel, she, she'll float out of there, but um, very tense stuff. Um, overall, a fantastic issue. I hear your, your, your comments on the, the different panels and you've swayed me a little bit and I hate you for it. Um, but that's what we're here for. So I don't hate you for it, but um, really that rug is really fucking big. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> I noticed it when he pulled the chair up and I was like, I'm just not going to say anything right now to keep my point, but it's a huge <laughs> rug. You're very right about the spatial awareness there. Um, so you win the day on that one. Um, weird to think that the one of the best, most tense story beats is also the one that has a few things that were like uh, questionable in the art. On like, just a couple moments, she's brilliant. She's always brilliant, but so every now and then you got to find something. You, you will find something that you can criticize, and there it is. Yeah, I mean it's not been much with this book, so you know. And it, I now feel so loyal to the book that I don't want to talk bad about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, but that, that's why I, I was like, do I bring this up? I'm like, yeah, you know, I've read it a few times. Those things bothered me every time. Like it, there's nothing you can do about the fact that you, you do not know Oswald's tone when he says I mm -hmm. didn't, there's just nothing you yeah. can do about that. Um, yeah. you know, if this were a movie or a TV show, you would immediately know like, oh shit, something is about to go down just because of the way he said those words, but there's nothing you can do about that. So um, it just yeah. didn't really work for me, but 
otherwise, like, like I said, this is a miracle of a comic book to create something so incredibly tense without any of the things that movies need to be tense. Like, if if you don't ever really think about it, you don't know how important music and score is to a film. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, anybody that watched a movie without music would be like, this is not, like, this is boring. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about any of this, especially drama and action. And like, yeah. you need that music. And so to be able to do it in a comic book, when you can't even hear the voices, let alone music, it's incredible. No, nope, I totally agree. What's your what's your panel or page of the issue? <sighs> uh, so freaking tough with this issue. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be really funny if I said when he shot him in the knee, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. I was like, man, I'm going to change mine. <laughs> was that it? No. Um, I don't. I really like him walking out of the ship. Which way did the author? Just because I love that. I, I want to get copies of this issue. Uh, we haven't talked about my button making, but I've been making buttons, and I want to to make a bunch oh, of buttons with just that word yeah. balloon. Which way yeah. did the author? <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, I think my. It's funny. Mine's on the same page, but um, on the same uh, two pages. The 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 lighthouse in the bog, man, and the fog. I, I'm really big into her atmosphere. That's why I think I like her space stuff because she puts good atmosphere in space. Um, but I really love the foggy atmosphere. I love the lighthouse. We've got our little seal guy and his and his walrus buddy, and so it's just like it's such a uniquely saga page with something so familiar as a lighthouse and even a warus and a seal but they're done so differently that it's like it's so saga-ish but also so familiar and i love that and so i and but but the atmosphere makes it for me i, I like it lighthouses are really cool to me um and like just uh, as, as stereotypically they are to anybody who likes them i just like the water and the fog and the bright light and the, all that stuff it's just it's a pretty cool thing and and so i just like all that just a really cool visual um but atmosphere makes that my I, I almost considered the one, um, uh, one of the, the dream panels where you're seeing um, uh, his the end of his dream basically, um, because I think that his face and the colors and the blood and stuff on his on his uh, the visual on his face are really really cool really well done um and cool by being like that not not the blood that's like oh yeah blood not like that but like it's just done so well um but i think the lighthouse and the atmosphere that whole panel is, has got to be my panel of the issue this time I, it, if it weren't and this is gonna sound so like phobic it's not it's just like it's not something i would want to look at forever but the opening page would probably be mine if it weren't for the you know well, I'm, I'm, tr- well, I'm, so I'm sort of made an internal rule that I'm trying not to pick the first or last page of the issue anymore, um, because the, the there seem to always be splashes and they're they're pretty great. But I'm trying to like dig in a little deeper beyond the what, what feels like the shiny bauble, you know. And yeah. so, so, so I like didn't even consider that or the last, which is also really cool, like tints and the lighting, and they're all. And I love how he's holding Hazel's mouth, like all that's so good. Um, but I'm like, I, and I'm also a sucker for the splash page. So I sort of have made this rule of like I'm not gonna do the full page spread at the beginning or end i'm going to make sure i pick something else so i didn't even cross my mind to pick them uh if it weren't if it's not the where's the author or uh him coming off the ship it's uh our our buddy from the the secret service in his suit Mm -hmm. and his wings standing against that like purple painted wall with the flowers and the like yeah that's a good one it's such a such a good panel so. And great eyebrow work there as well. <laughs> He's so annoyed. It's so funny. Um, so I, I learned something from the letters page that okay. I'm not sure if you knew. Do you know what the K stands for? What the case? K. Brian K. Vaughn. Do you know what the okay. K is? Is it Kim? middle name. No. I actually don't know. Kyle. Nope. Uh, I'm going to guess one more. Let me think. Let me think. Kurt. Nope. Oh, I'm out. I don't know. It's Keller. K-E-L-L-O-R. Ke- like, oh, like like my buddy Keeler. Yeah. Or L-L-E-R. Sorry. Sorry. Huh. But yeah, Keller. Um, okay. 
because there's this he goes into this whole spiel of like sorry guys we're going on a break but if you want some, want some stuff to hold you over here's where you can find like our merch um uh more from fiona staples which she has a book art book called fiona staples digest which i now desperately want to find uh-huh. um so i'm gonna look that up he he starts pimping private eye in the back of this and okay so uh, i was like oh this is where private eye started hard to believe that book came out so long ago and i just read it yeah but uh yeah it says more from brian keller vaughn and i was like oh his middle name is keller that's nice so all right um, anything else in the letters page is that uh, you mentioned something at the beginning is that the thing uh, well, they 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 had announced a costume contest at the beginning of the book uh, uh-huh. when they started, and it ended in this uh, letters page. So it's full of people with homemade uh, costumes inspired by Saga, and they're all so good. Like I, I do not oh, know. That's cool. Yeah, I wish that that was something that they printed in those like hardcover volumes, which maybe they yeah. do in the back, but I don't think they do. Um, I'm gonna flip. I don't think they do either, but I'm gonna. I'm going back there. The winner was um, somebody who who did a stalk costume that is just phenomenal, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she is definitely topless. And they they did the the like stars to blur, not uh-huh. blur, but like I was like, oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> Like this woman sending topless photos of herself and they're like, yeah, we're not going to publish your topless photos, not in a shitty way, but just in a, like, we think that might be violating your privacy. (laughs) So, right. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so it looks like in the back I've got, there's a couple of interviews. There's a script for issue four. Um, His scripts are fun. Uh, when you when you get the time, you should read read his scripts. I really. I'm actually going to try to before we before we get back into Saga. I'm going to try to look at that because I didn't know that was back there. Um, so that's exciting because um, we've talked about that stuff a little bit, and so now to know I got, have a resource there. Um, I've got to go back and also read the emails from uh, the, the Private Eye book. Uh, oh, it's, you mentioned that. they're so fun. Like there's this whole thing where him and Marcos are talking about the name of the series that they're mm-hmm. doing and like it was so many different things at one point but uh one at one time it was called masks which there was a book that uh, a- uh alex ross was involved in that came out called masks and it's mm-hmm. just i think it marcos emails uh brian and says well we need a new name for our book and it's just a link to like new series from uh Alex Ross and company called masks from, I forget who published it, but it was, it was a fun series, but it was like, fuck man. Like we keep having to change the name of this book, <laughs> but awesome. the private I, eye is, is so, so much better than masks. Yeah, no, it's cool stuff. Man. I'm going to check it out and then look into the back of this book too. But for next time, we've got some uh, Dr. Strange reading to do, and we're going to be potentially recording in person, right? Yeah. That's the plan. So, so yeah, so um, so so yeah, it'll be a little bit of a different dynamic, which I think probably better. Um, but so uh, we'll be recording um about the oath, the Doctor Strange collected edition, um, that whole story. So not like the single issues. So feel free to get that on digital, or if you've got a copy, reread and refresh. Um, and we're going to be breaking that down and talking about it. And I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about Doctor Strange within the MCU because um, I think that that's relevant. That's why we picked this timing to do it. Um, and then after that, we'll be back into Saga with issue number 13. Um, Logan, where can people find more of you on the interwebs? Go check out all the podcast work that we do over at xwingfiles.com. Yeah, just do that. And then if you want to find me on Twitter, um, I am at Film Dispenser. It's like a Pez dispenser, but for movies, um, as long as, you know, there's been some shakeup stuff in the ownership of Twitter. And I don't know what that means for anything, but I might be like, Twitter's too much of a headache. I may get off of Twitter, <laughs> yeah. which would be the end of my social media time. Um, but we'll see. But for now, uh, I am there, and um, again, I have not read ahead of this issue ever. I now know I'm in the into the unknown, um, as Disney would tell you. And um, is that them? Is that Frozen? 
Did I get that right? <laughs> I, I just realized, so. I was like, I don't know, I actually know what that's from. Um, and so, um, but yeah, so we are, um, uh, I, so don't spoil it for me. If you do send me any questions um, or thoughts for us to talk about uh, on the podcast, uh, please try not to do that. Um, but if you want us to talk about anything, um, feel free to shoot us a message, let me know, and uh, I'll read it here on the podcast. And of course, rate and review us on whatever place you're listening to us. Uh, we would really, really appreciate that. It'll help people find us. Um, but either way, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. And we'll ride it long enough that they let you. And we'll ride it long enough.